Hello and welcome to Stumbling Through Scripture. My name's Archie Catchpole. I'm a Bible nerd living in London. And here with me this week is... Becca! Again, you passed the trial shift. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. In our flat, in our one-bedroom flat. <laughs> so there's not really anywhere else that I could be. No, the choices were join the podcast or sit on the bed and listen to the podcast <laughs> in production. Yeah, and go have a really long shower. <laughs> yeah, I know you couldn't do that because the mic would pick it up. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah. So we just got back from doing our weekly shop where... They they weren't they didn't have any Tesco didn't have any checkouts open so we had to do self service, and usually they only ID one of us, but today because we were on the self checkout they asked for both of our IDs. I think it was a new staff member. He was pretty keen. Yeah, and I had to take my mask off so he could see how old I looked, and you he don't look he wasn't very having old. it. <laughs> <laughs> so our wine got taken away from us and we're back here wineless. You'll have to stop moisturising because then you'll just look a bit older. If I just stop moisturising and keep working, I'll look haggard. Yeah. But it's alright because we found some mint in the fridge. So, well, I've got beers. But Archie we found actually some... put a whole, like, mint plant in my mojito. <laughs> I so stripped it was like... the leaves. <laughs> drink oh yeah so it's just the leaves not not the stalks but it was like drinking swamp water but like but like nice nice tasty swamp water lime and sugar and rum tasting mm. swamp water i think <laughs> so if you hear any slurps in the podcast it's just um, me we do apologize what's the food podcast name thing the asmr yeah do we have to do like an asmr warning for your mojito well, warning, the following podcast contains <laughs> ASMR. ASMR on occasion. <laughs> yeah. Well, there there you go. Happy warning. Um, this week, what are we looking at this week? We're talking about taxes. Indeed. Very exciting. Not how to file them or how to avoid paying them. Because we still don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Either. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully there's not too much of a time gap between finding out how to pay them and then finding out how to avoid paying them. But we won't avoid paying them, um, No, no. for the record. Whenever we avoid paying them, it's always purely accidental. Because we don't have money in our accounts. <laughs> no, because we don't know how to pay them. Yeah, true, true. We think it's coming out direct debit, or we think we're paying the correct amount each month, and then bam, we're in debt. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that's not why you're listening to Stumbling Through Scripture, uh, hopefully, because if you're listening to Stumbling Through Scripture to With hear about... advice. Then, unlucky. Um, but no, we're looking at Mark chapter 12, verses 13 to 17 this week. So, uh, if you've got a Bible with you, well, if you're in the tube or something, or if you're listening whilst you're cycling or walking, then um, unlucky, because I guess you can't get a Bible out. But yeah, yeah I mean... Most people know this passage, I suppose. Um, well, well, we're going to look at what happens in this passage. So what what are we going to try and look at in this week's show, hopefully? So hopefully we're just going to get to grips with what happens in the passage and Jesus' response to what's going on. Yeah, that's basically it. So if you don't have a Bible with you, um, and you don't know what the passage is about, then you're in luck, because I guess you'll hopefully find out along the way. And if you do know what the passage is about, then hopefully this will be a bit of a deep dive into it for you, and maybe you'll learn some new things. So, let's get started.
So Jesus has just finished telling this story about bad tenants and so it seems fitting to then move on to the question of paying taxes. Um, but but what's really go- going on? Why why do these religious leaders send the Pharisees to Jesus? Yeah, well, so this this passage, this uh, question of paying taxes, it's part of four controversies, basically, starting in Mark 11, verses 27 to 33. So if you remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now, on the podcast and the blog, we looked at... Um, the question of John the Baptist, the chief priests, the scribes and the elders come up and they're like, by what authority are you doing all of these things, Jesus? And basically that starts like a a domino effect of the chief priests, scribes and elders, the Jewish religious leaders trying to catch Jesus out, trying to basically find a way so that they can accuse him and arrest him and get him out of their lives because he's just annoying at this point, really. Mm. Yeah, and they, I mean, they've been trying to arrest, find a reason to arrest Jesus from even like Mark chapter 2, I think. Mm. So Jesus hasn't been popular. <laughs> Tax evasion is the only way, <laughs> the next way to trap Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's, he's now he's done all of his teaching, healing and stuff and challenged all the religious authorities. But even now more so in this like final week of Jesus' life, he's ridden into Jerusalem as a king. He has closed the temple and like done all the whipping stuff in the temple. And he's just basically telling the parable of the tenants. He's basically just Jesus is coming straight for the Jewish religious leaders in a way. And they're coming straight at him. Um, But actually that parable with the tenants, it does kind of set the scene for everything that's about to happen. Because Jesus showed the tenants to be people who don't listen to God's will, to people who don't obey god they don't give to god what belongs to god because mm. god is the tenant he's asking for basically his share of the produce his the share tides, of... yeah yeah exactly and then as we read as jesus tells in the power of the tenants the jewish religious leaders who are the tenants the wicked tenants mm. but not wicked in a good way um they just don't give it to god and eventually jesus says that that will be their downfall they reject jesus so you know that we're talking previously on Stumbling Through Scripture, you talked about obviously the temple just being a money-making machine. Obviously they can't use Roman coins within the temple, so there's like a like exchange bureau there and everyone mm. is like paying for animals and things like that. Do you think the temple would tithe their income slash do you think that the temple would have been taxed by the Roman authorities? Because surely they would have seen just how much money it was making and would have wanted to make some out of it. So the question of paying taxes, is that applicable to just people or is it applicable to Mm. not not industry, but do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, I don't know. I mean, there was a temple tax, but that was for people who were using the temple. I don't know... I don't honestly know if there was a tax for if Romans collected money from the temple itself. I don't think so. But the tax that's spoken about in this passage, um, it's the Kainsos. So the Kainsos was basically, it was a poll tax, which basically anyone apart from widows and children had to pay because it was part of a census. What was the Kainsos? Um, yeah, so the Kainsos, it was a poll tax. But that doesn't really clarify things, I don't think. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really. clarify things. It was a poll tax. No. Oh, yes. Great, okay, tax moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> no, so in, 
about AD six, um, the area of like Jerusalem. Do you like, say AD six? Six. Yeah. Would I you not so. say six AD? Um, I googled it recently, and I think it was AD six. But you can say either. It's it's the same thing, really. No, it's not. It's, think... it's like saying pepper and salt instead of salt and pepper. <laughs> no, because I think AD that... is always you wouldn't you wouldn't say like oh it was in the year. BC eight hundred, would you? You'd say eight hundred BC. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd say you'd say eight hundred BC, but you'd say AD six. Okay, we'll Google it now, and we'll see what Google. You don't says. need to Google it because I'm right. AD six. Wrong. How do you read BC and AD? AD stands for Anno Domini, Domini, oops, which is Latin for in the year of the Lord. And it refers to the birth of Jesus Christ. Great. BC stands for before Christ. It's, it's not Latin, it's just English. Bit boring. Traditionally, AD was placed before the year number and BC after. But many people now prefer to put both abbreviations after the numbers. So... What can I say? I'm a woman of the people. You can do AD 6, you can do 6 AD, but you can't do BC 6. That's really wrong, but you can do 6 BC. So, AD 6 works. Anyway, <laughs> after 6 that, AD <laughs> Fantastic diversion. I'm sure that you're all grateful for that rambling. In the year AD 6... 6 AD. Jerusalem, the kind of Judea, that kind of area, um, fell to the Romans. And the Romans set up the governor, Syrian governor uh, Quirinus... <laughs> and Quirinus set up a, a census. And so with that census, it basically meant that everyone who was on that census became part of, like, I guess, the deed poll. And then everyone who was on that deed poll had to pay a tax. So it's called the poll tax. But actually, it wasn't called a poll tax. It's called the Kainsos. But okay. this was... So basically, this tax was just insanely unpopular. Unpopular. <laughs> unpopular. Um, because, like... Well, any tax is unpopular, but also it was just a reminder for, like, the Israelites that they were again oppressed and under another foreign power. Mm. So would it would it be like council tax today? And and so you know, so you know, Mary and Joseph had to go all the way back to Bethlehem and register. Mm. Would that have then set them up for this poll tax? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and in, so a, in a way. Do do you have to pay a different amount of tax dependent on which location you were born and slash are registered in, or is it just a flat rate? I think it's just a flat rate. Okay. The um, commentaries don't go into that much detail. Okay. Well, I was just <laughs> wondering because Jesus is about in the Jerusalem, levels and layers isn't it? of the tax, right? And yeah. Jerusalem is the capital city, and obviously, us being in London, we have to pay more tax and you pay more the closer into the city you get mm. whereas you live further out of the city you don't have to pay as much no you just have to pay a lot and it was still a lot and our council tax today goes to well we like to think that it goes towards really helpful things like funding school systems uh, social services and things like that mm. whereas back in the day i mean this cane sauce would have just gone towards basically like governor quirinus's pockets 
And oftentimes they would use the money to build good things, but a lot of the time they just used it. Mm. They got wealthy off of it. Yeah, so that's kind of the setting for this sneak attack. <laughs> yeah, that is what I wrote throughout our notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the Pharisees and the Herodians, they're sent by the Jewish religious leaders. Okay, so who are the Herodians? So the Herodians were, and I'm reading from Eckhard Schnabel's um, Tyndale New Testament commentary on Mark, now, the Herodians were basically supporters of Herod in Galilee and the Herodian dynasty, and they were basically kind of the representatives of kind of Jewish families who owed their influence and their wealth to Herod, and so they continued to support the Herodian dynasty. And so they would have been really for the taxes. Okay, so, so it's the people who are pro-Herod teaming up with the Jews, and Herod famously slaughtered all the babies right when jesus was born mm. yeah so a very unlikely pairing yeah be like yeah, you pairing up with labor yeah yeah it's a really unlikely pairing but i think this just goes to show just how how much the like kind of the leaders of the jewish nation wanted jesus gone mm. that they were willing to pair up with him basically to like unite on this one single front of getting rid of jesus yeah, and so they decide to trap him, and um, the phrase that's used for trapping him uh, in the Greek is agruo. Agruo. Yeah. A definition, please. Well, it's a hapax legomenon. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what that is. Exactly. What is it? It is a word that is only used once. In the New Testament. In the New Testament. Yeah. So it's only used here in the New Testament, and... Um, they try to basically, they try to catch Jesus in an unsuspected word. So they try to catch him off guard um, in asking him about the taxes, hoping that he'll give like a, a stupid answer. But the term agruo is used elsewhere to kind of talk about catching or trapping animals. Mm. And so it really is like a sneak attack. Like a bear trap in the forest or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're trying to catch Jesus unawares mm. in regards to this issue of the taxes. And one of the other ways that they do that, they're very sneaky, is their flattery. Yeah, so I've got, I've got it right here in front of me and it says, um, And they came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and show deference to no one. For you do not regard people with partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Hmm. Yeah, so they're in their flattery. They're kind of hoping that Jesus... They're hoping to, like, coax Jesus into not paying attention mm. to kind of, like, Caesar or the governors or anything by not regarding people and also by teaching the way of God. And they suspect that Jesus might teach the way of God, which is, no, don't pay taxes to Caesar because Caesar's a foreign ruler and you shouldn't have anything to do with foreigners. Mm. You should be Israel only. Yeah, I work in a school, right? You know this because we live together. And if if a kid <laughs> if a kid came up to a teacher and was like, "Sir, we all know that you're like really sincere and that you don't 
like take sides when we're in an argument and that you um, always teach us the truth and you always teach us what we need to know blah, 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 blah. and then ask a question the teacher would literally be like sit down why, why are you talking to me yeah. let, let me teach my lesson why, <laughs> why are you trying to take over <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> to be honest, that is a bit like what Jesus does. It's just complete, like, just sucking up to Jesus. And Jesus actually knows, like, it's not, they're not being subtle with no it. No one likes really. to suck up. Yeah. Including Jesus. Remember that next time you pray. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're not being subtle. And Jesus, like, he sees right through it. And he says, like, why are you trying to test me? And actually, in I think in Matthew's version, because I think Mark says that um, Jesus, yeah, Jesus sees their hypocrisy and he says to them, why are you trying to test me? But in Matthew's version, Matthew, I think it's 28, 18. Yeah, in Matthew 28, 18, instead of saying Jesus knew their hypocrisy, it's Jesus knew their malice. Like mm. Jesus knew that they were coming at him with evil intent to try and trap him and arrest him, because that's just what's going on now. Yeah. This final week of Jesus' life is his confrontations with the Jewish leaders. And it's really interesting, again, because the next bit, the next thing that Jesus says is, bring me a denarius and let me see it. And so he, in effect, is catching them in an entrapment. Yeah, exactly. By getting them to show that they have this unclean possession which is the denarius because as we've talked about previously it had images of idols images of caesar on it and so wasn't allowed in the temple mm. yeah. and so the fact that the pharisees and the herodians could produce this showed that they weren't as law-abiding as they yeah. like to think that they were yeah and they themselves had in their possession a coin that they shouldn't have had mm. Um, because according to Jewish law, you weren't supposed to kind of have engravings of other humans or just engraved images. So on these denariuses, the coins that they're using, not only was it a carved image that wasn't allowed according to kind of the Jewish like purity laws, but it was also a carved image of the Caesar and it would have had engraved on it Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus, and on the other side, high priest and so this coin is just completely spitting in the face of the israelites because it's saying well look like you say that you have your god but here you are having to pay and use this denarius which is the property of a a high priest who you don't recognize but you have to recognize because we're ruling over you but b like augustus tiberius son of the divine augustus you're like under a different religious system. But obviously the Jews had their kind of side deal where they were allowed to operate as Jews and worship in their temple when mm. the Romans the Romans allowed that. Yeah, and the really interesting thing about Augustus as well um, is that he had a very big following because he wanted to return Rome to what was quote-unquote like Roman values. So he was very into like restoring peace, restoring family systems and everything like that. I mean, famously, he exiled his own daughter because she was found sleeping around. Oh. And he was like, no, we're not going to have any of that, blah, blah, blah. So 
although he might not have been directly involved, obviously, because he is Caesar and this is just at the minute, just some nobody who's kind of kicking up a bit of a stink down in Jerusalem. The whole kind of ethos of the Romans would have been to get peace, like trample out anyone who might be, I don't know, like causing havoc within the city. And I mean, famously, Augustus signed the Pax Romana, which is like a big, big peace treaty within the Roman Mm. Empire. Yeah, I mean, so the, but the emphasis on peace, you know, that is something, that's the reason why this would have been such a trap for Jesus, which we haven't actually mentioned, I don't think yet, have we? I don't think uh, we, so. <laughs> we've spoken about the them trying to set the trap, and then we moved on. We started to move on to Jesus' response, but we never actually spoke about the trap itself. And so, I mean, like, why Mona D. Hooker in her commentary, I said this in the blog post, is like the opening line. What an opening line of the blog post um, is more, she's a, a biblical commentator, and she says in her commentary that the trap's obvious. Their question about the tax is not a genuine question. They ask the question about the tax to try and trick Jesus and to trap him. So why, yes. yeah. So why is it would lawful it be a trap? to pay taxes to the emperor or not? So should we pay them or should we not? They ask two questions saying the exact same thing. I don't know if yeah. the Pharisees ask one and then the Herodians ask the other. Just... It's just a rhetorical device, yeah. Okay. Presumably, if he says, no, don't pay taxes, the Romans will get him. Yeah. Why? Because you need to pay your tax. Otherwise, True. you get in debt and they send the debt collectors round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's true. And this was a really touchy issue for the Romans. Well, in that area specifically, because when the the tax, when the Cainsos was instituted in AD 6 or 6 AD, whatever your preference... Uh, there was a massive Jewish revolt. And we read about that Jewish revolt in Acts 5.37. And it's a, it's a revolt led by Judas the Galilean. And when it's a revolt led by someone called Judas, you just know it's going to fail. Just l- <laughs> lots of kissing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of kissing and betraying. They'll just kiss and betray each other. And so there's a revolt in AD 6 led by Judas the Galilean. But it didn't, it didn't do well because they just kissed and betrayed each other. Jesus the yeah. Kissing. <laughs> Yeah, so the anyway. mojito is starting to hit. <laughs> um, um, and then, but that they they stopped that rebellion. It, it didn't. Their revolt in AD six didn't work. They still had to pay the tax. It was still a really sore point. And it actually, some people say that it started the zealot movement. That's what Josephus, a Jewish historian, wrote. That it. Mm. I mean, the zealot movement. I think was probably going on a long time before that but it definitely helped the zealot movement to try and fight for an independent israel and still in ad 66 so 60 years later there was kind of the great jewish revolt in rome and then it kind of started the first roman jewish war Mm -hmm. and so this this tax was a really sore point for the jewish people and they revolted against it and the romans were scared of a revolt against it so if Jesus said don't pay it, he would have fed the flames of rebellion and also would have just put himself, he would have been number one target for the Roman authorities, for them to be like, oh, look, this guy's a rabble rouser, let's arrest him. 
But I think I think it's quite interesting as well that they ask him this question about tax when previously we see kind of throughout the Gospels Jesus eating with the tax collectors and being, would you say, on the fence about the whole issue or would he have come across as being more on the side of the Roman authorities? Because presumably up until this point he has paid the tax. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I mean, maybe they think because Jesus is friends with the tax collectors, he'll be like, oh, peer pressure, I'll have to support the tax. And if Jesus supports the tax, then that could potentially anger the crowd. And if the crowd are angry, they're not going to follow Jesus. And so then that's the end of his public ministry again. So either Jesus, whatever Jesus answers to this question, it's going to end his public ministry or get him killed. And that's what the Jewish religious leaders want. And it says here, after he's said, give to the emperor to the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. It it literally just says, and they were utterly amazed at him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who are the they? I mean, we don't really know. Usually it's the crowds, but we read in like Mark 12, verse 12, that it's the crowds and Mark actually specifies that it's the crowds. Mm. So I think that they who were amazed at Jesus were the Pharisees and the Herodians. And they weren't just, I mean, the Greek that is used for it was, it's, they, like, exothalmaton, whereas normally it would, it would just be thalmaton, whereas here it's exothalmaton, which is just adding... Extra amazed. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. They were utterly amazed at Jesus. And they, I mean, they were amazed because, well, when you hear this answer, give to Caesar what Caesar's, what, like, what do you normally think of? Like, when you hear people talking about that, what would you expect the sermon to be on? Well, A, I'd probably expect it to be lame straight off the bat. (laughs) But I'd expect it to be something like, we need to be giving our spiritual lives over to Christ. And, like, all of the earthly things, like, yeah, they're important and you need to, like, take part in them, but, like... Mm give to God what is God's and God created your life so you need to give your life to God <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that I mean that, that's thing. and that is an, an interpretation that does work I mean people have tried to link the image with Caesar on the coin to the image of God on people and Jesus is saying like because we're the image of God we have to give that back to God which is just it's true in a way we should but live our lives to God but that's a stretch yeah that's not that yeah but what people often do do with this passage (laughs) do do is funny because do do but what people do sometimes do with this passage is they use it to separate like church and state and so they say well we'll live in this churchly kingdom but we also have to obey this earthly kingdom and stuff like that and there is definitely a place for building some sort of systematic theology about how the church should interact with state government. But this passage is 100% not the passage to build your theology of church and state from. I think I think it's also really important to note that Jesus, when asked to basically side with either church or state, doesn't. Yeah. And so to use it as a pro kind of separation of church and state and 
I think I think is really missing the point because Jesus says to do both. Yeah, well, I actually think rather than some kind of like church-state theology that Jesus is doing, and also alongside just escaping the trap that they set for him. I mean, Jesus is genius in the way that he escapes the trap because in asking for the denarius, no one can deny that Caesar's face is on it. So Jesus is like, oh, (laughs) no one can deny that. So, of course, like give back to Caesar what Caesar's. But then Jesus also satisfies the religious folk by saying, oh, give back to God what's God's. But I think could that that, be in reference to the temple coins. I mean, yeah, it, it could be. I think that the give back to God what is God's. I think that that is kind of referring all the way back to Mark chapter 11, where Jesus is teaching in the temple. And Jesus says, my house should be a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it into a den of robbers. And it's the den of robbers where Jesus is basically saying to the Israelites, look, like you're meant to be a blessing to all the nations. You're meant to be worshipping God. You're meant to be enacting justice and bringing justice into the world and making creation a prosperous place for all people. But you're not doing that. And in in Mm. not doing that, you're robbing God. And so when Jesus says, here, give to God what's God's, I think that Jesus is saying, you are supposed to be worshipping God and bringing justice and blessing to all of the world, but you're not. Because justice is God's, right? Yeah. 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 So in a way, that's kind of an insult because Jesus is telling the Jewish religious leaders, and in fact, almost all of Israel, you are not being God's people like you should be. You're not up to scratch. You're not hitting the mark. But also... The giving to Caesar what Caesar's, I think that that's like a little bit of like, almost like taunting. Jesus like insulting, like kind of teasing them in a way, because he's saying all that the Jewish leaders want, all that Israel wants is to become an independent Israel that lives in God's land as God's people, free from all foreign powers. That's that's their main concern, but they're not. They've been ruled by ever since kind of the Assyrians and the Babylonians came in, Israel's history has been one of domination by foreign powers. And yet again, here are the Romans ruling over them. And when Jesus says, give to Caesar what Caesar's, he uses, um, well, in, in the Greek and Marks, the verb that's used is apodote, which means about paying back, but it's like about paying back a debt. And so it's like you're in debt to Caesar. You're in Caesar's system. And so if you're in Caesar's system, you have to give back to Caesar accordingly. And that is just spitting in the face of the Jewish religious leaders. Like, ha, you losers. You want to rule over Israel, but you can't. And you're not. You're stuck in Caesar's system. Cool. So I think that's the end of the podcast this week. We kind of exhausted a lot of what we could get out of that. Text. <laughs> These four verses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Becca, what can you do if you've enjoyed the podcast? You can obviously give Stumbling Through Scripture a follow on Spotify. You can 
follow it over on Instagram, on Facebook. You can also go onto the website, which is www.stumblingthroughscripture.co.uk and sign up for the emails with the blog posts. They will come directly into your inbox every Friday. Mm. Yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. I get them to two of my email accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I was testing the sign-up system. I'm not just really vain and like reading my own work. Yeah, but thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys listening. Um, let us know what you think. Any thoughts or comments uh, and any questions. Until next time. Stumble with care.